Welcome to the South Canadian Valley Church of Christ podcast. Please enjoy the following study. Good to see everybody today. What a, what a beautiful day it is. Wonderful songs about God's grace. Amen. What did we deserve? Well, we de- deserved punishment and death. And yet God, through His great love for us, sacrificed Himself on the cross so that we could have hope, have our sins cleansed, and be made right, and always be justified in His blood. Amen? What grace. What power. We want to talk a little bit about that. Our text is found in 1 Kings chapter 2. So if you want to have, if you have a Bible or... or tablet or whatever, 1 Kings chapter 2, and we're going to start in verse 36. But my purpose statement for this lesson is very simple, and that is this particular text that we're going to study out of is a warning shot, a wake-up call that there are consequences to rejecting God's mercy and grace. We need to always keep that in mind. So let's start in verse 36. 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 36. Then the king, now this is King Solomon, then the king sent and called for Shimei and said to him, now let's stop, put, keep your finger right there, and we need to ask the question, well, who is Shimei? And why was Solomon going to approach this guy and talk to him? Well, if you notice in verse 8 of this same chapter, David is on his last few days of life, and he's given his son final instructions. You know, I noticed one thing with my dad as he was on his last few days of his life. A lot of things you remember, and a lot of things you want to get off your chest to your children. And one of the things that he wanted to get off his chest was he felt like he spanked me too hard. Can you believe that? It really bothered him that there was a number of times he felt like he was too hard on me. If anything, I told him he needed to be a little bit harder. I was a little rascal. I can tell you that right now. I was a mess. So there's a lot of things that you want to say to your children. And in verse 8 he says to Solomon, And see, you have with you Shimei, the son of Girah, a Benjamite from Baharim, who cursed me with a malicious curse in the day when I went to Mahanaim. But he came down to meet me at the Jordan, and I swore to him by the Lord, saying, I will not put you to death with the sword. Now therefore do not hold him guiltless, for you are a wise man. And know what you ought to do to him. and But bring his gray hair down to the grave with blood. Seems like David, to emphasize his point for bringing up this guy Shimei, was to say, you know what? This is what he did. What he did was he cursed me one time. And what is David referring about? Well, he's going back to 2 Samuel chapter 16. If you did know the history behind this, David's son, Absalom, wanted to become king. And he was going to take care of his father, David. And David had to run. David was 
I mean, had to take care of himself. And so he comes across this guy by the name of Shimei. And Shimeiim referred to him in various terminologies. And one of them was he just kept cursing him. Cursing David, calling him names. He says, you bloodthirsty man, you rogue. Just cursing him all over. Now this is, mind you, this is the king that he's talking to, Shimei. And then he started to throw stones at him, kicking sand on him, doing all these things. Now, who was Shimei? He was from the house of Saul, so he was pulling for Absalom. He was on his side. And I got a kick at reading the fact that he was throwing stones and and threw sand and kicked dirt on David. I remember many times looking at magazines and uh, coming across Mr. Universe ads. You ever come across Mr. Universe ads before? And uh, there were cartoon-like images, and they were portraying these guys, these people out there on the beach, and they showed this one real skinny run of a guy, right? I mean, skinny as a beanpole. And uh, and here comes the bully. I mean, here comes the bully, and the bully, I mean, calling him names and laughing at him and then kicking sand on him. Well, this skinny little runt goes and says, you know what, I'm going to do this Mr. Universe workout. And he goes and he lifts weights and shazam! He turns into Mr. Universe and he meets this guy on the beach and he takes revenge. And um, justice served, I guess you could say. When I think about this little guy here by the name of Shimei, Kicking sand and cursing David. David had every right as a king to uh, exact punishment on this guy, right? But he chose not to. In fact, one of his uh, soldiers, Abashai, says, Why should this dead dog curse my Lord? Let's cut his head off. And David says, No, let's not do that. Instead, maybe through this affliction, maybe through this negative negative time we're going through, maybe by our actions, God is going to be merciful and turn this sad day into a blessing. That's what David said. So he's shown Shimei a little bit of mercy is my point. And he didn't, he just let him go. Let him go on his way. So now we go back to 1 Kings chapter 2. Back to verse 36. Then the King Solomon sent and called for Shimei and said to him, Build yourself a house in Jerusalem and dwell there and do not go out from there anywhere. For it shall be on the day you go out and cross the brook Kidron, know for certain you shall surely die. Your blood shall be on your own head. So basically, Solomon puts him in house arrest. Gave him boundaries. And this is interesting because this is two generations. You had David, and now you got Solomon. Two generations of this guy receiving grace and mercy rather than being rewarded with the punishment he so deserved. Very interesting. 
So David says, hey, if you do this, if you live under this house arrest, and if you don't cross over these boundaries I'm giving you, you know what? You can just live your life out. Wouldn't it be wonderful? And so this guy Shimei, in verse 38, and Shimei said to the king, the saying is good. As my Lord the king has said, so your servant will do. So Shimei enters into a covenant agreement with King Solomon. And it's similar on the same pattern and boundaries in which we live today, as we find in Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2 and verse 11, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us that we might that He might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify from Himself His own special people, zealous of good works. As a life looks differently under the grace of God. And we are entering into a covenant relationship. Just as Shimei is entering into a covenant relationship with King Solomon. He says, hey, this is great. This is good. I'll enter in on it with you. So Shimei, in the last of verse 38, dwelt in Jerusalem many days. But, it doesn't stop there, does it? Continue on, verse 39. Now it happened at the end of three years. So three years, everything was just great. Everything was fine. Oh, wow, I mean, you couldn't have life any better. What I mean by enjoying life, and house arrest, you say? Well, yeah. If it's the difference between your head being cut off, yeah. It's a great life. Now, it happened at the end of three years that two slaves of Shimei ran away from Achish, the son of Maacah, king of Gath, and they told Shimei, saying, Look, your slaves are in Gath. So what did old Shimei do? Verse 40 says, So Shimei arose, saddled his donkey, and went to Achish at Gath to seek his slaves. And Shimei went and brought his slaves from Gath. I had to ask myself, what does Shimei do with the grace and mercy that was shown to him by not only David, but Solomon? What did he do with that? Well, apparently what was most valuable to Shimei was two slaves. That mattered most to him. I, I don't, back in that day, I could imagine, I suppose, that it meant everything in the world to him. My slaves, my servants are gone. How will I do the dishes? I really don't know. But it was important for him to get up, get his donkey ready, and very quickly go and get those two servants. Two slaves over grace and mercy. Two slaves over house arrest. Two slaves over your house and your head being cut off. And so I had to ask a series of questions for me as I read the story. What do I value and prize the most? 
Do I take God's grace for granted? Do I despise sometimes in my life His generosity? Do I take advantage of the mercy and the leniency that is shown to me? Are you willing to cast aside God's grace for what you want to do when you're ready to do it, irregardless of what God's will is, irregardless of what God says about it? Are you really willing to rationalize and excuse your way and excuse your sin? I just had to ask myself, wonder what Shemei was saying at this time when he willfully violated the boundaries that were set in his house arrest. I wonder what happened in verse 41. And Solomon was told that Shemei had gone from Jerusalem to Gath and had come back. Then the king sent and called for Shemei and said to him, Did I not make you swear by the Lord and warn you, saying, Know for certain that on the day you go out and travel anywhere, you shall surely die. And you said to me, the word I had heard is good. So someone's going, wait a minute. This doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Didn't I give you ample warning? Didn't we all enter into agreement? Didn't we all say this? Wasn't it clear? Isn't God's grace clear to you, friend? How much clearer can God be by sending His Son on the cross and dying for you? How much clearer can it be the gift that you didn't deserve, He was still willing to give? How much clearer could it have been if you do this, you will surely die? Where have we heard that before? Garden of Eden, right? Oh my, how easily Satan can tempt us. And make us rationalize and excuse away our own actions. Apparently it didn't bother Shimei one bit. I mean, David had, 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 had leniency on him. Maybe Solomon will not once, but twice. Verse 43, Why then have you not kept the oath of the Lord and the commandment that I gave you? And the king said moreover to Shimei, You know, as your heart acknowledges... There is nothing that we do that we don't already know that we don't already admit to our own hearts and in our own minds that we shouldn't have did something. Be it pride, be it our own way, be it our own decisions. If push comes to shove, you know, we're, we always know when we've done something wrong. And the king said moreover to Shimei, you know as your heart acknowledges all the wickedness that you did to my father David. It must have seared a great impression on David for him to tell his son, hey Solomon, you are a wise man. You know what to do, but by the way, if you don't get my drift, you take care of him. Because he can't be trusted. Because he's filled with pride. He's going to do what he wants to do in the end. All the wickedness that you did to my father David. Therefore the Lord will return your wickedness on your own head. How horrible. All that grace, all that mercy, everything that they were willing to look over. And yet, Solomon says, in the end, guess what's going to happen? It's going to be on you. It's going to be on your shoulders. It's all because of your actions. You did this and God is going to punish you. 
Verse 45, And King Solomon shall be blessed, and the throne of David shall be established before the Lord God of heaven. Justice is served. God's kingdom and His integrity will always be preserved. And He's going to act. You know, Shema'e's actions kind of ring a bell, do they not? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 29. Thank you, Amon. I don't know where Amon is, but thank you, sir. There he is right over there. Thank you. Verse 29. How much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot? Counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sacrificed a common thing and insulted the Spirit of grace. You think that Shimei was thinking about all of that when he decided to do what he wanted to do and just blow away, totally removing all of the grace and mercy that was shown him. Was he thinking about all that? Well, he should have been. Verse 30, For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. The Lord will judge his own people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Without grace, without mercy, without the blood of Jesus, if we face God alone without that precious blood, we are doomed. Why? Because God is a holy and righteous God. Justice will be preserved. Righteousness will be established. Verse 46, So the king commanded Benaiah, the son of Jehoadiah, and he went out and struck him down, and he died. Thus the kingdom was established in the hand of Solomon. At some point, the point here in this story for me is simple. At some point, our abuse, our neglect, our constant willingness to justify ourselves, casting aside the grace of Jesus Christ, living our own well, at some point is going to be met with consequences and judgment. Now we looked at a life here that was foolishly thrown, or whose life and decision making threw foolishly thrown aside the grace and mercy that was shown him. I, I want to briefly look as we draw to a close at a life that embraces grace and what that life looks like. Let's do that. Alright? 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1 starting in verse 12. This is the Apostle Paul. In verse 12 it says, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because He counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent, violent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly and unbelief. Or very simply, Paul did not know any better. He hasn't heard the gospel message yet. He didn't know about the grace and the gift of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is through Son Jesus Christ. Amen? Paul says, look, grace 
has empowered me. This is Paul speaking. Paul understood the magnitude of his sin. Did you catch those three? Blasphemer, persecutor, insolent, violent man. In spite of all of those. In spite of the fact that all have fallen short of the glory of God. He still found grace. In his faith in Jesus Christ. And Jesus cleansed him and forgave him. And that friend is humbling and convicting. He goes on and to say that very simply. Verse 14. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Humbling, convicting grace is. He should have been dealt with. He deserved death. And yet Christ loved him enough to give his life for him. Paved the way for righteousness, for grace. Verse 16, however, for this reason I obtained mercy, that in me first Christ Jesus might show all longsuffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. Paul understood that the grace that was given to him, he was not going to treat it with disrespect. He understood its power and knew that he was going to live by that grace, live by that faith. Live a model for other people to see Christ's love and grace through Him. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. You see, it leads Paul to a life of worship. Honoring and glorifying God every day. Shall we sin that grace may abound? God forbid. It's just the exact opposite. We are enabled, motivated, convicted by grace. So as we draw to a close, what do you value and prize the most? What would it be? For Shimei, it was two slaves and a donkey. What is it for you? Have you taken God's grace for granted? Despising His generosity? Taking advantage of His mercy and leniency? How is your life different today? It should be much different. People should be able to look at your life and my life and say, That is what it means to have the grace of Jesus in your heart. What do they see? That's the question you need to answer. The message is yours. I pray that you'll come forward if you need to. Maybe you need prayers. I don't know. I don't know your heart. Jesus does. Maybe you need to get it right. Maybe you realize you've been treating grace with total disrespect. You know what you've done. Make it right with God as we stand and sing. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast.
For further information about our church, please go to normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com.